Cerca di contrastarlo Juan Jesus, il tocco di Esciarawi, cerca il colpo di tacco, attenzione Nainggolan, riesce a mantenere il possesso di palla, palla sulla destra verso Bruno Perez, avanza Samir davanti a lui, ancora Bruno Perez cerca spazio, il tocco è arretrato per Strottman, lancia in area di rigore per Nainggolan, tira, go, go, go! Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Hello again and welcome to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I'm James Goodison and with me as always is Roma Press editor John Solano. Now it's been a busy and chaotic week for Roma who after losing to Napoli at home put on a sensational display at Stamford Bridge where I was in attendance and leading our coverage. We'll be joined later by ESPN's Terry Daly who covers Roma for ESPN FC, but always happens to uh, to be a Chelsea supporter. So he should be able to provide us with an interesting perspective on the match. Now, let's briefly touch upon Roma-Napoli, uh, which we spent a whole podcast talking about last time. John, your thoughts on the match? Uh, Roma were absolutely shit. Uh, so let's talk about Chelsea-Roma now. Yeah, let's move on. Um, <laughs> dreadful, so, dreadful. So, Nothing else to say beyond that. Uh, to move on from uh, from that Napoli Napoli game, further coverage of um, of our thoughts on that can be found on John's Twitter. If you just scroll back a bit, you're in for a treat. But um, Chelsea Roma. So um, let let's firstly let's let's not even get to the match yet. So let's talk about when the teams came out and Carabag drew with Atletico Madrid. I think that. That is a huge result, an absolutely huge result. We seem to always, John, like touch on like the fortnightly, we seem to touch on this podcast, like how important it is for Carabag to nick some points off of Atletico Madrid and how how that is really one of the only ways we're going to get out of this group. And and it happened and I'm baffled, to be honest with you. And I don't know if you've seen the highlights, but or anyone out there has seen the highlights, but um Carabag really should have won that game. Like they didn't. Atletico Madrid did not look very good at all. Carabag seemed like the better team, and I think they were a bit unlucky in the end. John, how important is that result? Oh, I think it's massive. Um, absolutely massive. Uh, anyone can go back and listen to our, you know, the the one where we initially did the draw. The the reaction you and I had, we thought it was nearly impossible. And then recently, um, when we were talking about after the draw against Atletico, we, uh, you know, we said, as you stated earlier, uh, Karabakh has to has to get some points off of them. And like you said, it happened, and it's a massive result. It's a massive, massive result because now Roma put themselves in a position to where if they win against Karabakh, which it's it's at the Olympico. We're hoping that you know. I don't want to count the chicken before it hatches, but let's just say, for the sake of the argument, that they they do win. I mean, they really set themselves up nicely to where you might not even need an additional win um, against either Chelsea or um, Atletico because. At this rate, it looks like nine points might be enough. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just I like, mean, Chelsea have seven points, Roma have five points, Atletico right. Madrid have two, and Carabag have one. So, effectively, 
Roma could could lose to Atletico, but still but still go through just because you hope that Chelsea and and Atletico you know Chelsea beat them. Um, my my a- biggest my biggest thing is though uh, sorry, but my biggest thing though is I think the ideal scenario would be to have Chelsea. Um, not having wrapped up qualification coming into that last match um, because I believe Roma end with Karabakh. Um, so ideally, because, I mean, you see a lot of teams, you know, as you well know, they'll pack it in, so to speak, um, if they've already achieved qualification, which you don't blame them for. So I'm really hoping that... Um, Whenever Chelsea faces um, Atletico again, that they haven't yet achieved um, qualification. Now, we could double check on that, but I'm almost certain that Roma end with Karabakh. As in, as in the final fixtures are Roma, Karabakh, Atletico, Chelsea. That's the final round of fixtures. So they do end with Karabakh. Yeah, right? Roma end with Karabakh. Okay. They, they have. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, Chelsea so ideally, next. Atletico Madrid, Karabakh. So ideally, like you're saying, we hope that Chelsea haven't got it wrapped up, go full force into Atletico, win, hopefully. Feel like it could be a draw, though, as well. And then Roma, Roma, you know, get three points at the Olympico against Carabag. Yeah, I mean, given where Atletico are, um, I don't think... I mean, I, I would assume it's safe to say I don't think they're going to win out. I mean... I don't think anybody expected to be uh, for them to be on so few points at, at this, um, you know, at this point of the competition. So it's a massive shock, and Roma really, really have to take advantage because I don't know if this, um, I don't know how long this keeps up. I don't know if they can keep having this poor. I don't think they're going to continue this run of poor results in Europe. So um, I, I think it would be completely uh, foolish of Roma to waste this opportunity because this does not happen. I honestly, I thought if there were between Chelsea and Atletico, if I were to guess before the competition, which one of the two would have been knocked out had there been an opportunity for one of those teams not to advance, I'll be honest with you, I would have thought Chelsea. Um, given that I, I don't really think they had the depth for Europe. I mean, what do you think? I think that it's proving that way. I think they're having issues. But it's all it's all been falling apart. It happens with Conte. You know, the financial backing's not there. We talked about this last week. And that's why, when you know, I said that it could have been a lot closer than, you know, people shouldn't just write it off. And I don't know. But I would say whatever depth, supposedly, that Chelsea lack, Atletico, Atletico Madrid's transfer ban, that's hit them hard. They look sort of bereft of... Ideas. They were they they were parking the bus against Carabag almost. They, they were just, they were. And I know that Simeone's takes pride in his defensive, you know, style of football, and it, I mean like, and he's got to two Champions League finals in his time there and won La Liga. Like of course, but I think that if they they should have you know they could have done with bringing some more people in. Someone like, funnily enough, Diego Costa, who will appear in January, so we don't have to worry about them. But let's let's talk about the match now. Um, being there, have to say the Roma fans were amazing. They they were so so loud from like an hour before kickoff, 
Um, and then outside uh, where, where the bus was and everything, there was a huge mob. It was it was really, really great to see. And the, the football wasn't too bad either. John, are you happy with that result? Oh, absolutely. Um, it, though it does leave a bitter taste in your mouth knowing that uh, with roughly 15 minutes ago, they had the lead. Um, Actually, so- yeah, let me ask you a different question then. Would we have, would we have won that game if Manolas had played and Florenzi had started as right back? I'm convinced of that. I am. Well. Um, those were uh, nightmare performances from uh, Juan Jesus uh, and uh, Bruno Perez. Uh, absolute nightmares. Um, the uh, Hazard's final goal, in my opinion, uh, Jesus has to do better there. He, he can't. He, he he can't flounder in that position. Um, man, it, it was um, it, it really felt like it took the breath um, out of Roma and even the fans a little bit. But you know, really can't, can't complain at the final result. But as you said, a little bitter taste just because I agree with the two suggestions you just made. Uh, well, obviously Manolas is injured, but. Um, if uh, Florenzi plays, I am convinced that they win. Um, you know, I, I can understand why Deep Nacesco didn't play him. Uh, just coming off of injury, we don't want to overwork him. Uh, completely valid, which, you know, if that's the case, then you have to start Perez, and that's fine. Um, but it's gotten to the point with him, and I tweeted this out where he's just so poor that we're not even it's beyond the point of even making fun of him i it's it's gotten to the point of almost empathy um i feel bad when he's on the pitch um i feel embarrassed for him i um i I cringe a little bit just because he's so poor that i mean you were there james he he was completely overrun yeah roma fans as well for it um especially like after the after the second goal he got a lot, when when we were two 0 down. He he got a lot of he was getting booed and everything. Um, yeah, it's not great, is it? But I, and it's such a pity as well because he you know when he signed coming off that amazing season at Torino, I thought that we'd 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 got a great a great player, but it just hasn't it just hasn't worked out for him, uh, which is a yeah. pity. But I mean, yeah. it, like from from the negative, just briefly to the the highlight of the night, which has to be. Jekko's goal that was amazing I can't like I can't put into words what what it was like seeing that live uh I was in the in the press box which is sort of you have the manager's seats where the substitutes sit and then slightly further like the couple of rows back some of the Roma staff sat uh Tancredi was there as well and all right one row back from that was was where I was sitting with the uh you know people from like who scored and talk sport and Sure. You know, some of the Roma people, uh, Pagine Romaniste as well, they were there. Um, All right. But, um, so I see the goal from, like, I'm, I see it from Jekko's, like, I'm looking at Jekko's back and I'm seeing the ball go over the top and I just, he launches himself into the air, the volley, it was just sensational. And all the Roma fans, it was, it was such a sight. I mean, it must have been amazing for you as well, John, because that was the equaliser and everything else. Yeah, that was an absolutely world-class finish. Um, you know, I, it really annoys me because it, it really seems to be that Jekyll gets a lot of stick. And I think it's very, very unfair. Uh, because let's just be honest, when it, when it comes to just pure class, pure 
um, scoring numbers, pure ability to bag a goal. Um, I, I don't know how many players of his ilk have been at this club. Um, obviously, you have Batistuta, you have Totti. But aside from them, um, if anyone can point to me a more um, prized goal scorer, uh, I'm, I'm open to it because he is one of the gems that this club has been so lucky to have. And he, we, we're in a good position as well because, and I think that a lot of clubs underrate this, getting a player who's like, who's on the like older side, but is still quality, you're not going to have to worry about um, effectively getting the player for their final big contract. You don't have to worry about you know, someone coming in and trying to snap them up in the same way that you have to worry about that with like Dybala or whoever. Right. It's a real luxury to have. But John, one last question on this. Will Roma get out of the group stage? At this point, I'm starting to believe and I will, they call this the Perguino. Um, you're basically cursing yourself. So I'm going to say yes. Um, if you would have asked me after the first or second match days, uh, I would have said absolutely not. But that was a huge result. Nobody saw that coming. So I believe I'm uh, I'm turning the tie a little bit. And uh, yeah, if they play like that, they absolutely have a chance. And yeah, I, in my opinion, I, I think they've set themselves up quite nicely. And I, I think they're going to see it through. We'd now like to welcome ESPN FC journalist Terry Daly onto the podcast. You can find Terry on Twitter at T underscore Daly, and you can also find his works on ESPNFC.com. Terry, thanks so much for joining us again. How are you doing? Hello, chaps. Yeah, I'm good uh, on my balcony. It's 24 degrees. Sun is shining. Things are good. Can't complain with that. Let's talk about Wednesday. What are your general thoughts on the match? Um... Well, I mean, obviously, obviously, Roma were brilliant. I mean, there's no point denying the fact that they uh, they were excellent. The the style of play was excellent. The uh, the tactics were carried out, you know, perf- perfectly by a team that had at least, you know, had you know had Jerson at right wing. So <laughs> I don't think you could have really asked for much more from the performance from the team. Um, I'm, obviously, it is a bit much. I think some of the um, celebrations were a bit much given that it was just a point um, and we, people we have I mean I did as well in the stuff I've written because I was so enthused by how they played but I think conceding that goal or having gone to Hazard having gone 3-2 up having beaten Chelsea back for the best part of 65 minutes um, I think is a bit disappointing I mean they could have had the, the group by the scruff of the neck really and now they still got you know it's still in there very much in their hands and I think from the position they're in now they should qualify I'm going to say that with the up speak to kind of you know not be too certain about it um, but they put themselves in a good position regardless I just I just think it's a shame that the, the, the individual errors let down what was a really 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 good team performance yeah I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I'm convinced if Mano last plays instead of Juan Jesus, uh, they win. Um, uh, you can even say the same about Paris, who I don't know about you, Terry, but he looked uh. completely outclassed. Um, 
he didn't even look like a professional footballer at times. <laughs> um, I know you, you've got a real bee in your bonnet about this, uh, about Perez. And, I, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of his either. Um, and he certainly didn't cover himself in glory on Wednesday night. I mean, I think it was quite um, uh, telling that the best, all of Roma's good work basically came down the left. Right. You know, you looked at, I mean, even from the, right from the start when Perotti looked like he was going to be the star man and he was sort of weaving between uh, Aspilicueta and, um, and Zapacosta and obviously then Kolarov when he scored the goal. I mean, you look at where that's all come from and it's it's everything that really, on the, the danger before um, Fazio pinged out that pass for Dzeko was all really down the left. I mean, that's where they were getting the the majority right. of their joy. And I think that's also partly due to the fact that Chelsea had Zapacosta right back. Um who is uh, not exactly the sort of he's not Paulo Ferreira, let's put it that way, you know. <laughs> as a, I mean, I out myself here as a as a lifelong Chelsea supporter as well, and um, let's just say that this isn't the team of uh, of phenomenal talents that um, that Roma. It's not the same quality as the one that Roma beat back in two thousand and eight. Okay, so that was actually going to be my next question um, yeah. because it, it was a little bit of a, a mixed bag for me. Um, mm. Do you think Roma got Chelsea on a good on a uh, Roma picked a good night to get them, and that Chelsea were just off, um, or, or do you think it was genuinely uh, Roma were just brilliant regardless of whatever Chelsea did? Um, because for me, other than the performance aside, I was absolutely shocked by Conte. Um, mm. I, I thought Di Francesco uh, completely battered him from a managerial standpoint. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's easy to say that just because, I mean, Di Francesco basically used the same tactics he always uses. I mean, like, right. it's, it's you know, he played the 4-3-3 even though he didn't have a right winger and he played Jerson at right wing. Um, he played the high press, which he loves to play. Um, I think it just works because Chelsea aren't really very good at the moment. I mean, basically ever since Atletico Madrid uh, winning at Atletico Madrid, they've not really been all that good. I mean, they were outplayed by Arsenal at home. They were absolutely marmalised by Man City. Man City made them look like part-timers, you know, and they lost at Crystal Palace. I mean, Crystal Palace hadn't scored a goal in the league uh, up until last weekend and they bagged two against Chelsea. So I, I definitely think there's a, a bit of a form issue going on there. And obviously, you know, they miss Kante as well. So that means that they have to play David Luiz in central midfield, which means that you've got Gary Cahill in the centre of the fence, who I don't think is, uh, I don't know what's happened to him, but he's not, um, he's not at it at all recently. Um, and I think that also having uh, Luiz in midfield as opposed to at the back where he can build play means that Chelsea really struggled to play out of the back. And that meant that Roma's pressing worked because if you're pressing a team that doesn't have a ball playing centre half, basically what that means is is that they're either going to try and clip it out to the wings or they're going to hump it forward, um, try and bypass the press. Um, so they tried to play it forward a bit to, towards Morata and it worked sort of early on in a counter-attacking kind of way, but they didn't really build a lot of play. And obviously when you've got um, Fabregas in midfield, I mean, Fabregas is lovely and silky and he's great when you're playing, I don't know, the lesser lights at home because he's going to have loads of space and you can pick out passes, but he's routinely battered and has been throughout his career, um, even when he was at Arsenal and in the peak of his powers, he was routinely stomped on by more physical players. I mean, Strutman, I mean, Nangalan and Strutman just walked all over that midfield, really. And that was because they didn't have Kante in the middle. So, I mean, they did have a couple of things, I think, that played in their favour. And they definitely did get Chelsea at a good time. They had Morata, who literally only just come back from an injury, so he wasn't fully fit. 
um, and all sorts of things like that. Moses wasn't fit, so obviously then you've got Zappacos at right back and he's not very good going forward, or he's sort of average going forward. Whereas Moses gives you that real, you know, overlapping wing-back kind of play. Um, and but, I mean, Quetta as well, having having like a couple of bad games, that must that must play. Yeah, well. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I would have, I mean, as a, as a Chelsea fan, I would personally have had Aspilicueta as captain as opposed to Cahill. I mean, that would have been my pick because I think he's absolutely brilliant and he is actually a leader. I don't think Gary Cahill's a leader. Um, but, you know, I mean, individuals can happen. I think what's more worrying if, if, from a Chelsea standpoint is that... Um, I don't want to go on too much about Chelsea, but you know, from a Chelsea standpoint, is that they didn't really have much play going on. I mean, the two goals, David Luiz, I don't. David Luiz is the most fortunate player on the planet to score that goal, have that ball roll up to him because he was absolutely honking in the first half. He was lashing out all yeah. over the place, constantly out of position. Um, so that played into Roma's hands because they they had three proper midfielders doing a proper midfielder's job, and Chelsea didn't. Um, so that that obviously helped. I mean, but but to be honest with you, I mean, it's still going two 0 down. I mean, I don't know about you. I was looking at it and thinking, this could be heavy again. You know, you're That's looking at that scoreline. Exactly what looking, I thought. Yep. You're looking at that scoreline there and you're thinking, this is going to be 4 5 nil here. And, you know, they're going to, just before Kohler have scored, really, I was sitting there thinking, if they go in at 2 nil half time here, heads are going to drop. You know, yeah. it could easily end up being 4 or 5. And, you know, they didn't. They carried on with the game plan. They carried on pressing Chelsea. They could see that they were having joy. And um, I think that, you know, you've got to give them a lot of credit for that. You know, they really stuck to their guns and, and it was brave to do that because they got picked off a couple of times on the counter and um, and they still carried on with it. They still thought, you know, this is a, this is a successful tactic. We're dominating at Stamford Bridge. Um, let's carry on with it. And they got their just desserts, really. I mean, they really should have won that game. And if it yeah. hadn't been for Perez slipping that stupid pass um, for Chelsea's second and, it, you know, Juan Jesus sort of goes to sleep for Hazard's goal, you know, they would have come away with a win. I and mean, they were really unlucky, really. I mean, there was the other the other uh, incident when, um, uh, just before Jekyll actually scored his proper, his actual equaliser, when Kolarov was set down the, the wing and he whipped that cro- that low cross across that um, Jekyll was standing two centimetres out in front of the goal, basically. And Courtois just got his toe to it. I mean, that was an instant equaliser. And that was basically straight after half-time. Um, right. So, you I mean, you could see that they were they were, they were were causing Chelsea all sorts of problems, even before Jekko picked that one out of nowhere. Yeah, I have to say, though, um, what Conte did, it really reminded me of what he did at Juve with Roma mm. when he let them eat up possession. He wasn't mm. bothered by Roma having 60, 65% of the possession. No. And, and he knew he was just, um, he did it at Juve plenty of times against Garcia. Um, he was just going to burn you on the counter. And I thought... Mm. That um, you know, I, I thought that's the game plan Chelsea would uh, sort of employ. Mm. But Roma actually, really, if you look at the game on a whole, they actually did really, really well in defense, in my opinion. Yeah. If you take away two individual errors, um, they win that game by a goal or two, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think I think structurally, Roma are quite sound. I think as a, as, as a general rule, I think Di Francesco has got a structure going there. I think the problem is sometimes, is, I mean, A, he's had an absolutely nightmarish list of injuries, which, right. I mean, you just can't, you can't legislate for anyway. It's just unfortunate. I mean, the fact that Karlsdorp still hasn't played a game, um, hasn't even started and they played a minute is, um, I mean, you can't legislate for that kind of thing as a coach. That's not his fault. Um, right. You know, there's <clears throat> other centre-back bought in the summer. He's been injured the whole time, you know. It's you know it, it's unfortunate you know then you get things like Stefan Al Sharawi being injured and then you get other you know other things going Sheik being injured you know you, you have these players who can make the difference um, and can add a little bit something extra and um, and they're not there 
Right. So, you know, I think you look at the way they play, the, the blueprints there, I think there's a, there's a there's definitely the sort of, as it were, infrastructure in place. Um, I think it's going to be, I mean, like I said the last time I was on the show, I don't think Chuck Roma have got a cat in hell's chance of winning the league and they're not going to win the league. But um, if they give Di Francesco time, he could definitely build something with, with, with these players. If, if he's allowed to keep the best players, um, I think there's something, there's definitely something brewing there. Especially you can with see, Monchi as well. Monchi being there, yeah. I think, will, will, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a process. But I, I, yeah. I wanted to ask you, Terry and John, actually, what Roma are always like, not great in Europe recently. Our first, mm. you know, away win. Not great is an understatement. An understatement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just a real, like, real understatement. Ask, what What's changed, and has anything changed? Or is it too early to tell? Do you think... Oh, it's way too early to tell. Do you think Di Francesco has done anything different? Or do you think it's just, you know, I mean, we play Carabag, Atletico Madrid haven't brought anybody new in, and then we play, like, an injury-ridden, low-on-confidence Chelsea side? Well, I mean... I have to say, though, Terry, I think think Garcia's Roma... I think at this point, they're lucky to have two points. Um, That's just my opinion. You mean playing the same games? Right. Just the well, approach I mean, he just, took versus it's hard, to, it's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, they played a very similar formation, actually, but it was a lot less. I mean, bear in mind, his first season, Garcia, he did have a very, very strong central defence, um, much stronger than the one that, that Roma had at Stanford Bridge on Wednesday. Um, so it's it's hard to say. I mean, he, Garcia was obviously tactically naive, Um but he wasn't. I mean, it's a shame that people think of Garcia as being a complete dunce because he did do a good job in his first couple of years at Rome. I mean, they, they he come along when the club was in complete bits in terms of a team. I mean, they just lost to Lazio in the in the uh, in the in, Copa the, Italia, in yeah. the cup final, and there right. were people camping outside the training ground when the players showed up, calling them mercenaries and chucking things at them. You know, he took over a really struggling team and 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 turned it around really. Um, so yeah, I mean, going, I don't want to go too much about Garcia, but I, I, I think you know the thing about Di Francesco is, um, you know what he's going to get, and he knows he's a cope. Whether he's going to get, um, whether his formation is right for this group of players is another question. But I mean, you, it's not going to be the sort of team that concedes tons of goals or makes lots of silly errors. In in terms of silly errors, because the play, the, the structure of the play is wrong. You might get silly errors because the players aren't good enough to do what Di Francesco wants him to do, wants them to do. But I think that's another question really. I mean you yeah. look at the way you look at the way they played against Atletico, I mean, going back to how many points they've got, I mean they were lucky to draw that game. I mean really Atletico should have won. Right. Um, I, I would absolutely host of chances. I mean Roma had one shot on target, you know, ninety minutes at home, that's not very good. Carabag, you know, the game you know, they, they won. That's all you needed to do. That's fine. And they looked like they were going to absolutely destroy them in the first half as well, to be fair. Um, so, you know, that wasn't terrible. You know, three points is crucial there. You have to beat Carabag twice in this group, otherwise you're probably not going to go through. And that's probably why I don't think Atletico and Madrid are going to go through. Um, and let, well, I mean, they could win at Chelsea. But, I mean, it's a lot It's a lot harder for them now having dropped those points. I mean, and they know it. Um so, you know, I mean, all in all, it's, it's positive, I think. You know, it's definitely positive the way things are going there. Terry, it, it's yeah. just, it's hard to, yeah. Yeah, no, I was, I was just going to ask, what happens in, in, the, uh, in the next game at the Olympico? What? How at do the you, Olympico, how what do you imagine that going? I mean, it's really hard to say. I mean, a lot depends on how Chelsea play against Watford at the weekend, doesn't it? Because if, if they don't, 
and Watford are going really well at the moment. I mean, they're above Chelsea. Very they're well. Yep. I think they're fourth, aren't yeah, they? They, the are, yeah. they are. Um, yeah, they're in a Champions League place. So, I mean, that's not an easy game. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. I mean, if Chelsea come back and say, come back and go, all right, okay, fags out, boys. Now it's time to get to work. And they, you know, bash Watford one, then it definitely becomes a different game in Rome. But um, if they lose or play badly again or draw or what have you, then, I, you know, I think Roma could definitely get at them. Because, I mean, they've shown that they can get at them. So, I mean, Conte will have to change his system. So, I imagine they won't play the same 3-5-2. Uh, and just just from my point of view, I mean, you're you're far more in tune with um, what's happening there. But in my opinion, uh, this sort of seems like the first time where Conte really is feeling the pressure. Um, mm. And just from my perspective, uh, after the match, I, I Mourinho, renowned for this, but I love the mind games that he was playing with him. I, mm. I just wonder. Um, uh, what Conte's mindset absolute would be. Absolute nonsense he said about never moaning about injuries. Oh, you know, abs- oh it was an absolute You know, the sort of absolute. No, no, total absolute lie. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, an amusing lie, but a lie nonetheless. And anyone who listened to it must have, in the press box, you know, in the press room office, must have been guffawing to themselves as he said it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he is under the pressure. I mean, he's sort of, he's not happy and everyone knows it. I mean, you know, he wanted more players in the summer and he's not got them. He didn't want to sell Matic and they sold him. You know, he, he's, he's probably not going to last. He's probably not going to be there next season, let's be honest. Um, so I agree. I, I, whether, yeah, whether, I, whether, he, whether he wants to make his mark at Chelsea or not, I don't really know. He does seem a little bit um, edgy at the moment, but this is just a classic Chelsea thing where they just go through managers like, you know. Did, yeah, like, did he not say a couple of weeks ago even um, he's gonna, uh, he'll return to Italy at some point, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I, mean I, I think we I knew that anyway, but well, no, 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 he will turn come back to us. I mean, we all, everyone knows it wasn't, wasn't. It's not unknown that his family were struggling a bit in London for a while. I mean, they're a bit set, more settled now, from what I've heard. But um, yeah, he's he's not his home. I think he'd happily come back. I mean, be interesting to see what happens with um, uh, with uh, Montella at Milan. I was about to say, yeah, you can you can imagine that being a prime destination for him if it doesn't work out. Oh this Christ! Year I mean, that's a, that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as much it depends money as he on, wants, on you know, like. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it wouldn't be surprising. I mean, it would be just his luck. I mean, he's turned up at Chelsea, you know, kind of thinking, oh, you know, checkbook, gonna do this, gonna do that, and then he's got there and they've gone, actually, no, um, we're running this like a business now, and we're not just chucking money left, right, and centre like PSG or or whoever. Um, and he's going to go to Milan having, you know, the previous manager spent 350 million euros on players. And if they don't do it, they're probably not going to back him to the same degree. You know, I don't... You can imagine, it'd be yeah. interesting. It'd be interesting to see what happens if he did go to Milan, to be honest with you. Because I, I, if he thinks he's going to go there and get a bonanza, he's probably wrong. Especially if they don't make the Champions League. Well, if they don't make the Champions League, I mean, this is a very interesting thing about um, the, the, whole, the whole set two between when Palotta came out and said, you know, this is ridiculous what they're doing. And, you know, and then there was the sort of comeback. Which he was justified no for, by the way. I, I have oh, to absolutely. Say. I mean, he, he, um, he's talking total sense. I mean, like, it, it is ludicrous. I mean, and, and Milan, apart from anything else, that's when it came out later, not that much later saying, effectively, if Milan don't qualify for the Champions League, we're knackered. Right. <laughs> you know, do you know? And they, they actually come out and said it. I mean, they've basically pumped this money in on the basis of them qualifying for Champions League, which leads me to suggest if they carry on the way they're going, then they will boot Montella. And um, whether then that's too early for Conte 
I think it is. Um, I think that... And it probably is, gap. isn't it? Yes, there'll be a stopgap appointment, won't there? Unless they roll well, the dice and get Ancelotti. Uh, but he, he said he didn't want to go back in to management, so I, I'm interested to see. I can't really think I mean, of I'd take it over. Well, there's got to be takers. I mean, there's so much potential there. Mm. And they've the, got, they've, yeah. there's so much potential. They've got some really good players. And, you know, you've got to look, I mean, maybe look further down the leagues. I mean, maybe Gasparini gets a chance. You know what I mean? I mean, I'd be surprised if he left Atalanta, to be honest with you. But, you know, they're the one of the most of popular clubs in the world. I mean, their commercial revenue, if you look at them versus Roma, mm. it's just embarrassing. It's not, it's about, yeah, I mean, it's, well, I mean, you win seven European Cups, John. You know, that's what happens. Exactly, exactly. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that's it's, you can't really compare Roma to um, AC Milan at the moment oh, uh, with I, all the best, yeah, yeah, all the best I mean, will in the world, you know. I mean, they, they could get there if, you know, certain factors come into their favour, if they, you know, if they maybe one day win the league or if they finally manage to get this sodding stadium built or even get the permission to build it, let alone actually get it built. Right. You know? um, which I'm increasingly sceptical about, but that's another story. Um, uh, then they could, you know, one day, but, you know, start generating the sort of revenues that Juventus, easily what Juventus do, but I mean, they managed to double theirs just by moving to the new stadium. But, right. you know, I think Milan... I, I, I was merely saying, even without the Champions League, the, the club still turns in that commercial revenue. So while everyone yeah. thinks that they're down, so to speak, they're really not down. I, I mean, granted, yeah, the whole thing with the LA fund, we, we could spend an entire podcast on that. I'm We could, and you'd be able to help. You'd be much more of an expert than me on, on I'm a renowned skeptic it. on it. Yeah, I'm... Completely skeptical on the entire mm. setup that day. From what I know um, about finance, from what I know about finance and economics, I mean, and, and it's not very much. It does. You look at it and go, "This is nuts." The interest rate is. Um, it's ludicrous. Uh, it's like right, it's, right it's, around, it's, it's, it's extortionate. I mean, right literally extortionate. You know? It is. Um, you, you wouldn't expect a mafia kingpin to charge you that on a, on a, you know on a gambling debt. It's, and might I add, Fasone even admitted that there is a good chance that the club would end up um, in the ownership of the Elliott Fund. Um, exactly. So for him to, uh, Palota comes out, he, he says he's skeptical. For him to head out at Palota mm. and to admit, well, yeah, he was kind of right. We probably would uh, ultimately end up being owned by them. It would be the, he called that it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the worst world. Worst thing in the world, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absurd. Um, anyway, uh, final word, Terry. Do they yes. uh, do Roma advance? Do they make it to the knockout yeah. stages in your Definitely. Opinion? I think okay. they will. I, th I think, I th well, I mean, obviously everything hinges on the, on the, uh, well, not even so much the next match against Chelsea. Do you know what the, the thing is, is? Is I mean, whatever happens against Chelsea, even if they lose um, and Atletico beat Carabag at home, which they surely must do beat Carabag at home, they will be level on points of Atletico, right? Right. Okay, and I believe, if off the top of my head, Roma could, in any case, stay second. Um, um, well, I, mean, I suppose it depends if, on the goal difference issue and what have you. But um, in any case, they live with Atletico. Then Roma's next game is Carabag at home. And you have, I mean, it is Roma, so you never really 100% know. But they are going to beat Carabag at home, you'd have to think, right? And at the same time, right. Atletico are then are playing Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. So, you know, it's in Roma's hands, really. They... they finish with Carabag at home so they have the Atletico game after the Chelsea game and then they have Carabag Roma? yeah are you sure about that yeah I've got it up in front of me oh right bloody hell well right. that that is a bit of a surprise oh hang on I thought that 
Okay, fine. Well, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, regardless, I mean, the Carabag having even having Carabag at home is in a light in the final game is a is a result really, because you know basically you're almost guaranteed three points going into that. So, um, yeah, I still think they advance. They should do really. If they don't, I... then you can start criticising frankly, because they put themselves in a very, very, very good position, even with, yeah, I, even with conceding the goal against Hazard last, in, in the last 15 minutes. Yeah, so they do end with Karabakh at home. Uh, they do, yeah, biggest, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, my biggest fear was that Chelsea in that final match, uh, it, my biggest fear is that they already have qualification wrapped up going into that final match, and they um, mm. sort of just pack it in, but um, I don't it, think they'll it, have top spot wrapped up though regardless and I think I, I wonder whether it's certainly something to I mean? play for yeah. I agree yeah you don't want to finish second in that group really no. I don't you don't no. I mean actually to be fair I mean I do remember last year there was a couple of teams that finished first um, I think even Juventus finished first like, well, you know a couple of teams that finished first and ended up, ended up getting really really yeah, hard draws because the favourites yeah, because for the for the for the for the groups, there was a couple of big teams, favourite teams, to, the teams that favourite to top the group, sorry, um, that finished second, and um, then there was a couple of like massive clashes in in the round of sixteen. So I mean, I suppose it depends on on what the situation is in the other groups. I mean, you might look at Chelsea might look at it and go, do you know what? We're probably better off finishing second. If you you know you could make that calculation, um, but yeah, I mean. Look, going back to Aaron, I mean, it's in their hands. They should do it, really. I mean, if they can play like that at Stamford Bridge on the front foot, apart from anything else, it's not like they, you know, sat back and then picked Chelsea off on the counter. They took it to Chelsea. Um, you have to expect them to do the same thing in Rome. Well, Terry, that's thanks, the only way. Thanks so, so much for coming on. Really Thank you. appreciate it. Absolute pleasure thanks, as always. Remember, ESPNFC.com for Terry's articles. He's on Twitter okay. at Terry underscore daily. Thanks very much. See ya. Bye-bye. That's all for today's AS Roma Press podcast. Make sure to subscribe. See you next week.